This is Jared Gordon, and you're listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. What's going on, my guy? Jared, before we start, I got to tell you about Heshi socks. Are you tired of your feet hurting in your dress shoes? Most people, and I was one of them, thought it was the shoes, but it's not. It's the socks. HeshiSocks.com solved this problem by creating the most comfortable socks to keep your feet fresh and feeling great. Most fashion and dress socks, crazy expensive, poorly constructed, and provide zero protection. Not Heshi Socks. Heshi Socks are cushioned in the heel, foot, and the toe. They have this arch support in the center, so feet don't slosh around inside your shoes. You can run in them. You can play ball in them. Every single thing you do, you can rock Heshi Socks. They are made with breathable Pima cotton and an antimicrobial to kill the stink. But best of all, they're designed to stay up. No more pulling your socks up all day long. Listen, go to HeshiSocks.com. H-E-S-H-I Socks.com. Enter the promo code SAFO30 at the checkout for 30% off your entire order. I promise you, you will never find such high-quality footwear at this price. Heshi Socks offers an array of colors and styles, basic to fashion, ankle socks. Listen, everybody knows what I do for work. I'm on my feet 8, 10, 12 hours a day. The past couple of weeks have been in the mid-90s. And for the first time in my 16-year career, I go in the locker room, take off the uniform, take off the boots, and my feet felt fine. For the past 16 years, this is the honest truth, I take them off my feet a pouring sweat. I'm wearing the high black Heshi socks. One, they didn't slide down. That's the worst in your uniform when the socks slide all the way down. They stayed up. I wasn't sweating, no blisters. Now listen, they're plain black socks. They don't have to look good, but I did have to look good on Monday. Your boy Mike Sappho had court, and you guys know I am not a fashion guy. I rock sweatpants, a t-shirt, and a backwards hat all the time, but I had to throw the suit on. I got my nice pair of brown shoes, go in the sock drawer. Before I bought some Heshi socks, I had the worst array of socks of all time, but now I had a few different ones to choose from. Like I said, they have the thin stripe. They have like the checkered one. I opted with the rugby. The thick stripes. I don't know if they're in style. I know they look good. I know I took my shoes off. They felt fine. And the most important one for me, everyone knows I'm obsessed with traveling, right? I'm on these flights to all these crazy countries. I was on a flight a couple of weeks ago, 24 hours. My biggest issue with flying is never window or aisle seat. Oh, did I get stuck in the middle? It was truthfully carrying like three or four pairs of socks with me. My feet would either be too cold or I'd be sweating. And nothing's worse than having cold feet on a plane or your feet sweating the entire flight. When you're on those 20-hour flights, you have to take your shoes off. I had one pair of Heshi socks, the black ankle socks. Didn't need to change them once. I truly, truly love this product. Go to HeshiSocks.com. You're going to love it. Jared Gord, I'm sorry I kept you waiting. Finally, <laughs> finally, Jared Gordon, back on the show. Finally. Flash Gordon, you know what's messed up? You're over there in Milwaukee, and your times are all messed up. I know, and I always forget to tell people that, because I don't ever remember. So I'm like, yeah, 5 o'clock, and then, like, people will call me or whatever, like, an hour later or whatever <laughs> it is, and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell, dude, I said. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, right, it's an hour behind. See, I don't know if you're the UFC guy anymore or the fiancé of the American Ninja Warrior. Dude, how cool uh, is that? Yeah, I know. She's, like, more popular than me. So tell me about this. So your fiancé, she gets involved. Was she a fan of the show? And then she just started going all out, like, working out for it? So 
she was like a gymnast her whole life. She was uh, like a really high level gymnast. She was on Rutgers gymnastics and stuff. So basically, like the only thing she didn't do was like the Olympics. And uh, then she just like I wasn't with her at the time, so I kind of forgot. But she she started uh, training. She like watched a show, and her, one of her friends was like, "Oh, you should do this. You'd be great at it." She's like, yeah, I don't really have time for that. And then and then she just got involved and uh, it took off. She's been on three seasons. Do you guys train together or no? We work out together and stuff, but we don't do like, I mean, I don't do ninja stuff really. Like I'll mess around, but, you know, she's got this gym. So like I can like mess around in her gym, but uh, I don't like do the stuff. It's really, it's, it's a lot harder than it looks. And I feel like, I feel like I'll just get injured if I... If I do it, so I yeah. If you just, fuck, if you fuck around doing that kind of stuff, you know you're gonna get hurt. You know that. Yeah, it's just not worth it for me. Like, oh, how'd you get hurt? <laughs> Fucking doing ninja shit. Hey, she's been ride or die with you forever. I know you're not a romantic guy. How'd you propose to her? Actually, I did a pretty good job. I think. Um, let, let me hear. So, you know, I've known her since first grade, and we started dating when we were like 19. And I, like, my addiction took over. She left me. And, uh, and we got back together last Thanksgiving. So, whatever, I fought Milwaukee. I didn't win, but I got the bonus. It was extra $50,000. So, I was like, oh, this is perfect time to, to buy a ring, you know? Okay. And, um, so we went to the Keys. She, she owns, like, a big RV, like a 33 foot RV. All right. We drove the RV down to the Keys and, there's a resort called Hawks K Resort. It's like All a really right. nice resort on uh, Duck Key, I think. And so I got like a photographer. So I knew I was going to propose to her. I got the ring. And the photographer was like, yeah, I do engagement photos on this at this resort like all the time. I know the best place to do it. So he told me like where to go at like what time so the sun would be setting and it would be like perfect time to take pictures. and he was like, I'm just going to be pretending like I'm fishing. So just bring her over there and I'll be watching you like walk a little, you know, like walk away from me. And when, you know, when you get on your knee, then I'll be right there taking the pictures. So he was taking pictures as I got on my knees. She said, yes, we kissed and he's taking pictures this whole time. Oh, that's and awesome. I, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, look at, look at that guy over there. He's taking pictures of us. And she's like, what the hell? <laughs> she's like, did you know him? I was like. No, I don't know who he is. And then he came over to us, and so it was pretty cool. Guy, that's a good job by you. Did she have any idea? She had no idea. I mean, she kind of had an idea that I think she had an, she had an idea that I was going to propose to her. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I also I asked her mother first. Her mother knows my history and everything, so she was like, "Oh my god, you know, you guys just started dating again Thanksgiving, and it's." We got engaged January 2nd, so it was only, like, a month later. Oh, and, but you knew. You knew she was the one. Yeah, I mean, like, what am I waiting for? Plus, like, I would have spent that 50 Gs, and then <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have the money for a ring. So it was just good timing. Well, congratulations, guy. That's awesome. Thank you. Hey, you were back in your old stomping grounds in Astoria, Queens, like, a few weeks ago. First meal when you land back in the big city? Uh, chicken roll, slice of pizza. Any particular spot? There's a place up the block from my house called Alba's Pizzeria. It's been there for a long time. 
I'm like, man, they just have the classic New York style chicken roll, pizza, you know, side of marinara. And they all know me in there. So um, after my win, you know, I, I, when I go in there, like, they're like, oh, it's on us. It's on, you know, they don't make me pay. So, you know, it's just, it's cool to go in there and see the guys, you know, and get some free pizza. <laughs> How's the food out there in Milwaukee? Is it decent or is it? Man, it's it's not that bad. They have like their own style. It's not it's not New York, but uh, they have like certain like for some reason they're huge on tacos here. Okay, that's random. Yeah, there's a big like Mexican uh, population here. All right. So they have some good, some really good Mexican spots. Uh, they're huge on. I mean, they're the biggest like distributor of beer in the country. Yeah, yeah of, course, of course. But I don't drink, so they have like. They have their, you know, their their things, and um, their huge cheese curd cheese is obviously huge here. Of course. But, um, I mean, they got some good spots, you know, nothing in New York, you know, but good food. You get wrapped up in the sports there? You a basketball guy with the Bucks, baseball guy with the Brewers, or not really? No, nah, I can care less for baseball and basketball. I mean, like, I'll watch baseball if the Yankees are, you know, are doing well, but, like, I don't really care. I, I I watch football. I'm definitely trying to go to uh, Green Bay. Green Bay, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like his, you know, that's like a, that's the mecca of football. Yeah, like outdoors, fucking zero degrees, freezing your ass off. So I definitely want to do that. Who's your team? I'm a Giants fan. Nice. Before we talk fighting and shit, I got to hear about this bromance. You and Bilal, dude, how this bromance? Because listen, not only are you guys roommates. But, like, you'll be on Twitter, like, did you get groceries? Dude, it's like UFC fans, everyone loves this bromance. How does bromance even start? So, when I first came out here was uh, like a year and almost, not last March, the March before that. Okay. Uh, Paul Felder was, was getting ready to fight Al Quinta. And I uh, kind of mimicked Al style. Like, you know, we're like the same height. You know, we're like kind of like boxer, wrestler style. You know, I, I could simulate him. So, and I've known Paul Felder for a long time. We've been buddies for a while. And he asked me to come out and help him train for the fight. And I was just coming off my first UFC loss. And uh, I fell in love with Rufus for, I came for a week. And I saw, like, what they had going on. And at the time, like, my training back in New York, like, my coaches were great. I think I had some of the best coaches in New York. Uh, it was just, like, the team, like, I didn't have the teammates that I needed. I wasn't getting the push that I needed. And, like, I would go to Henzo's for jiu-jitsu, and I would roll with the best jiu-jitsu guys, but you know, I'm not a jiu-jitsu fighter. And then I'd go to, like, Tertiary Boxing, and I'd work with some really good boxers, but I'm not a boxer. Mm-hmm. But when it came time to, like, put it all together, like, to do MMA, you know, there were some good guys there, but I wasn't getting, like, the look that I felt like I needed. All right. So coming off my first loss and then seeing Paul, seeing what, what Duke Rufus had going on here and the amount of teammates and the, the, the level of guys. Uh, I just had like an, I came back home from from Milwaukee and I was sitting on my couch. It was like 1130 at night. And I was just like going through in my head. And I was like, at that moment in time, like right then and there, I knew I had to make a change. So, and it was weird because my mother came downstairs, like out of her sleep. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, you mean she was like i don't know i just had this feeling like something was wrong and i'm like nothing's wrong but i'm, I'm gonna move to milwaukee she's like, she's like, what, the fuck are you, what the fuck are you talking about and i told her you know my thoughts and she's like 
you know, you're only going to be a UFC fighter for so long. So, and you know, you're, you know, at the time I was like 29 or something. So she's like, you got to do what you got to do. Wow. So that's when I, three weeks later, I was living in Milwaukee. But when I came to visit Paul, I stayed in Bilal's apartment, which is right across the street. Okay. Paul at the time was sleeping in the, in the gym. So there was no room for me there. So when I stayed here, I became, you know, friendly with him. And then the kid, the other kid I was living here happened to move out at the time that I was moving to Milwaukee. So I was like, well, perfect. I'll just move into Bilal's apartment. And then uh, now we're like fucking besties. Guy, it is funny as shit. Like, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I hate like when you're on social media and a guy writes to his girl like, hey, I miss you. I'm like, dude, just text her. When you guys do it, dude, it's the funniest shit. You're like. Uh, like you'll be away, but like, is there stuff in the refrigerator? Like, you guys flat out have yeah, like, yeah. grocery shopping conversations on there. Yeah, blah, like, like, hey, I'm wearing your underwear today. <laughs> is your girlfriend, is your fiance jealous of this bromance? No, I mean, she like, she, <laughs> she, she plays the role, you know, she jokes yeah. around, but uh, she obviously doesn't like when I leave for two, three months at a time. She hates when I'm gone, but uh, she knows that I'm. You know, I got to do what I got to do. And, you know, she's an athlete herself, so she understands the sacrifice. Um, but, you know, it's just the way it is. I got to – it's working for me here. And uh, I got to, like, the next level, I feel. I leveled up in mm -hmm. UFC. Like, I got my you – know, unfortunately, my first fight didn't go my way here at Ucasport, even though I was crushing that fight. Destroying it. And then fucking tore my hamstring off my pelvis until the fight went to shit. But I got the – the bonus, and that was the last fight on my contract. So, you know, they didn't have to re-sign me, but since I got fight of the night, and I was 2-2 two two at that point, uh, they re-signed me, they gave me, like, a decent pay bump, and uh, I just won the first fight on my contract, so now it's almost like, in a sense, like, I got a clean slate, you know, and here I am at Rupert Sport, you know, I got some of the best teammates and coaches in the world, and, uh, I don't think I could really be in a better spot right now. How does that happen when they re-up uh, re your contract? They tell you straight up. They how's it, I, I want to know like the feeling because now you just lost. You're like, holy shit, I, I just lost. And yeah. I was winning the fight. You're really injured. Where they come up to you and be like, hey, we're going to re-sign you? So, I mean, like, no, nah, you, don't, you don't hear that night. But, like, oh. so that was the last fight on my contract. So, really, after that fight in Milwaukee, I was, in, I was technically a free agent. They fulfilled their contract by giving me four fights. I fought the four fights, so that's it. The contract's void, you know? Yeah, it's completed. So, completed, yeah. So, you know, like, at that point, I was, like, I was kind of, I was pretty devastated, you know? Uh, even after the first loss, like, even though I almost, like, almost lost my finger, like, the month before that fight, and that fight was kind of bullshit also I got kicked on my nuts in the, like twice in the first minute and mm -hmm. with the way it went down it was just weird <clears throat> and like so I remember after that first one I was like holy shit I can't believe I lost and then I moved my whole life to Milwaukee made a huge sacrifice coming out of here you know left everything that I know in New York and then I go into the fight I know I was I know I'm the better fighter I know I'm better than that guy I'm whipping his ass and then my fucking hamstring falls off my pelvis. I mean, like, hats off to him. Like, he he had that submission in the last, you know, 10 seconds of the round, and he fucking tore my hamstring. Um, then I went into the third I was winning the third round, too, with the torn hamstring, and then I just got caught. I couldn't mm -hmm. really move well. So, like, coming out of that fight, I was like, oh, 
fuck? <laughs> like, what else do I have to do to win, you know? Um, or, like, what kind of luck do I have? Like, here comes the Jared Gordon luck or the Jared Gordon shit <laughs> fucking... Uh, you know, my life is a series of ups and downs. So, um, like, the weeks following... The, the loss, I was fucking depressed, man. Like, I was really down on myself. And, uh, so, you know, I know I'm a free agent. So they don't have to resign me if they don't want it. But being that I fucking left it all in there and went out on my shield, you know, I could have quit on the stool, too. Like, I didn't have to go back out there and fight. I knew my leg was damaged. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was something going on wrong in there. But I went out there and I did what I did. And, um... You know, they liked what they saw. They gave me the fight. And, you know, they don't just give 50 Gs away yeah. without, you know, thinking you deserve it. So I put in the work, I guess, and they liked what they saw. So, you know, the UFC's entertainment business, business, and that's what I did that night. I entertained. But, like, talking to my managers, I'm like, am I going to get resigned? Am I going to get resigned? They're like, you can't, like, we just can't see them not resigning. You know, you're 2-2, two and two, coming off a loss, but it's fight of the night, like, but they didn't. They couldn't give me a, a definite. And then, like a couple weeks after, I got a FaceTime from my manager, and he was like, "I got good news. They said they want to resign you. I haven't talked numbers yet, but you're you're still in there." That's huge. So I was like, "Oh, thank, thank God." And then, like another like six weeks still went by, or eight weeks, where I still, you know, they were like. When, when we get a fight lined up for him, then we'll give you the new contract plus the contract for the fight. Okay. And that's what they do with everyone. Like, if you're, <clears throat> if you're re- renegotiating, they usually wait till you get a fight before they talk numbers and then give you the contract and then the fight contract. So I got the fight lined up. They sent me the contract, signed my contract for the new fight. I went in there. I dominated the guy. I wasn't, like, my... This is the fight favorite. in Minnesota, right? Dan Morant? Yeah. Dan Morant, yeah. It wasn't, like, the my most favorite performance that I've had. Although I like on the scorecards, I dominated the guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I still, I actually like, there was a, a stat that said that I landed more punches than like all the fighters combined before me that fought. I think there was like five fights before yeah. me. So, I mean, you know, I still put some good numbers up there. And right now I'm on like the all time highest list for significant strikes per minute landed. So like I'm, I'm putting fucking numbers off. I'm not just like, that shows that I'm fucking trying to win. You know, I'm fucking throwing as much as I can. So uh, right now, you know, first win on my new contract, huge relief, you know. uh, And it's just been like, after coming to Milwaukee, it's been like, been like 16 months. So I moved here May, 2017, May 6, 2017. I got here. Here I am. It's August. 2019 it's been quite a, a road but fuck man I, I i made it out the other side after that win in minnesota how long does it take you to truly decompress because you're in you're in a war like you're you're in a war in a cage with another man right. how long till you get to truly decompress man like you know i came out of that fight like i had a couple marks on my face like on camera you're like oh he's fine i came i got back to the hotel <laughs> that night and i took some knees to my ribs the first round, I think it was, and it took me like seven weeks to heal. My ribs, I still feel it like as we speak. So like just laying down, I couldn't like 
sitting up, I needed someone to like pull me up, or I had to like roll over to. But like, uh, I was oh, just shit. talking to this. I was just talking to Paul Felder about this yesterday. Uh, man, the best feeling ever is when you you win a fight, go back to the locker room, and there's other guys warming up, and everyone's like, "Oh, congratulations!" You know, the, these guys are still waiting to go fight. You go in the fucking shower, and you're fucking just like washing all the blood and sweat off. <laughs> And you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. Especially, like, all the pressure that I had on myself. Like, yeah. I got to win. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen with my career. da 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 Like, just, like, I got on my hands and knees in the shower, butt naked, and, like, prayed. <laughs> and, like, it's just, you know, it's, like, the best feeling. Where, like, when you go back to the hotel that night and you lay down, like, there's no, there's no sleeping that night, you know? Especially, like, after you win. Yeah. Like, I was, like. Just like staring at the ceiling, like super happy, you know. And it's just like it's a surreal feeling. And then like after three days, all that goes away. And uh, I, I, I love you. Back in there. Yeah, I love that your girl tweeted her heart rate during the fight, and yeah. I think you retweeted, dude. That was her heart rate was through the fucking roof watching you fight. Yeah, man, it's crazy, right? Dude, you know what's nuts? I, I admire you. I told you I had Chris Heron on, and I, I was texting you about it. When you were in New York, you're still going to meetings. You're very vocal, you know. But fucking up like you're gonna kick the shit out of this disease, dude. Your speech afterwards was incredible. Like, do you even remember saying like what you were saying there? Yeah, yeah, I clearly remember. Um, I mean, like, so it sucks because if you don't win, you don't get on the mic. Yeah. So hey, like, hey, let me say this, Jared. You're fighting for a cause. You're not fighting just because you want to fight and you need money. You're fighting for addicts and everyone else. So that's important. Like, you need to win to get your message out there. Right, right. So like, I fought in. And uh, Austin, I lost, and then I fought in Milwaukee, and I was like, I knew, I, I was for sure gonna be like, on the mic, like my home, my new hometown of Milwaukee, <laughs> I fucking love you, and then like say, and then like say what I had to say, and then all of a sudden I'm fucking backstage, like what the fuck happened? So I couldn't get on the mic that night, mm -hmm. and then I had to wait, and I tore my hamstrings, so now I'm injured. I had to wait fucking, whatever it was, I think seven months until I fought again, and finally I remember seeing John Anik, and I was like. All right, now I got the time, and uh, so yeah, like you got to win to to get on that mic, and man, uh, I think that was like a big a big thing for me to get on there and get that out, and man, when I got back to my phone, my all my social media, like the amount of DMs that I got from fucking parents of addicts and addicts and recovering addicts and you know sexual assault victims, like. So like, it took me weeks to go through it all. And like, cause like, I feel like I can't like talk to shit and not respond to these people, you know? Yeah. You can't just be a figurehead. You really talk to people, but dude, yeah. so you win. And you know, I always, obviously I'm watching it dude. I'm nervous. And I always said it was weird. Like I have boxes and UFC guys on. It's weird watching them fight then. Cause you feel like you have a connection with them. You win, you do that speech. You're saying like for all the parents that are like worried sick about their sons and daughters, I'm here for you. The sexual assault victims. The drug addicts, I'm here for you. And you're like, no one talks this way. You were so open. I went to your mentions. Dude, I've never seen anything like You were like trending. People yeah. were like, oh my God, this is the guy. We need to talk to this guy. Look what he can do. And uh, I love when parents and stuff, because you'll retweet sometimes a DM when parents reach out to you. It's like you're such a lifeline for so many people, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's not just the addict, you know, or the suffering addict. It's like, you know, everyone is affected by this. Like, if you're an addict or not, like, you probably know someone or, or knew someone, you know, so, um, yeah, like, 
I think it hits like most demographics, rich, poor, you know, black, white, doesn't matter who you are. Like there's addicts everywhere. So I just looked, you're 15 and three. I'm looking down. You're so outspoken. And I think I talked to you about this last time we hung out. I love the UFC because I'm a boxing guy, but the fights that you want to happen just don't happen. On UFC, you'll call a dude out on Twitter and be like, I want to fight you. You're so outspoken about fighting at Madison Square Garden. You said your grandfather fought there. It's your destiny. One, where'd your grandfather fight? And two, are you going to fight the Garden? Uh, I mean, that's the goal. I'm just talking to my managers. They're still announcing fights for, for earlier cards yeah. at Madison Square Garden. So, like, I think they've only announced, like, three fights for Madison Square Garden. So there's still going to be a little time before I find out. Um, so I'm not sure yet. But uh, they definitely know I want to fight on the card. Everyone on Twitter knows it. <laughs> yeah, and I think at this point I, you know, I think I deserve it. And and you know, I had a fight of the night. Then I won my first fight on my new contract from New York. Blah blah. Born in Manhattan, raised in Queens. Like, what else do I need to back me up to get me in there? But um, what was your other question? Your grandfather. You said he fought at the Garden. Yeah, he fought in the Garden like back in the day, a while ago. He was a boxer. Yeah, he was a boxer. He was really good. He was 38-3 and three as a pro. Really? Yeah, he was like a Golden Globe champ. Yeah, multiple. He had like 200-something amateur fights. Yeah, he was legit. Yeah. Oh, so you got to carry that legacy there. Uh, I was going to ask you, any name guy you want to fight? I know you got to fight in the garden. Anyone you want to fight or anyone came out like, hey, I want to fight you there? Uh, I mean, like, some people have called me out. And, like, uh, Stevie Ray called me out. That NASA rat has, has – I don't – I'm not sure how to pronounce his yeah. last name. Asperat, I think. Uh, he said he would fight me at Madison Garden. Uh, me and Bob Ross, Violent Bob Ross, we went mm -hmm. back and forth, but he wants to fight earlier. And You know, everyone was respectful. It was not like a fucking... Oh, never, everyone, yeah. Everyone wants to get on that card. Of so, everyone. So, I mean, like, if someone sees, oh, I want to fight, they're going to chime in. Oh, I'll fight you there just because I want to get on the card. Uh, but it doesn't matter to me. Like, at this point, everyone's dangerous. Everyone's going to pose a threat in the cage. The sh sometimes the shittier guy wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, like, you can't take anyone lightly. You can't you can't be scared of anyone. So, like, whoever they call me and they say, this is the guy, oh, all right, well, let's go. So, I mean, like, it doesn't really matter to me at this point. Can you guys bet on your own fights or no? I'm not, like, I'm not exactly sure. I I've heard people have done that. I know Mayweather has. Yeah, of course. I don't know if someone else has to put the bet in for you. Okay, like a little loophole with it. Yeah, like oh, just go bet on me, but it's my bet, you know. And then you, I don't, I really don't know. I never bet on myself because I feel like that's like voodoo or something. The the, the funniest thing is that I heard you guys have to pay for your own pay per views. You don't even get like a uh, a hookup audit. Um, this is correct. That dude, um, that fucking blows my mind. Well, the thing is, like, if we didn't pay for our pay per views and we got it for free, yeah. We could be, like, streaming it. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, like, you could, like, hook your phone up to, like, a TV in a bar and, like, like 200 people could watch it, you know, for free. So, like, they, they don't know, like, they have they have to do it. It's, like, across the board. Like, everyone has to pay. I've heard, like, uh, when I was at – I went with Anthony Pettis when he fought Tony Ferguson. It was Khabib versus Conor McGregor. And um, DC was, like, trying to come to the fight, and they were, like, Sorry, we're sold out. Like, we can't give you tickets. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, like, like, top five guys were trying to get in the building, and they were like, no, sorry. Like, people are paying for these these seats, so 
Oh, they treat this shit like a true fucking business. Well, they have to because if you give it to one guy, then you got to give it to everyone. Oh, I'm not as good as yeah, I know that would cost so much shit. Dana White does such a good job by uh, like you go on the UFC website and it's like upcoming events for the next year. He does a great job by just adding a fight here or there. I know the big fight people are talking about is Khabib in uh, in Abu Dhabi. You looking forward to that fight? And any other fights that you see like must watch for you? Oh, well, I'm going. You going to Abu Dhabi? I'm going next on Wednesday. Have you ever been there? Never been there, but uh, Bilal, beautiful. My, my roommate and Paul Felder are fighting on the card. So Dude, you, you get all oh, that sick. Yeah, Felder's the main, uh, the co-main event. He's yeah. fighting Ethan yeah. Barboza, and Bilal's on the prelims. He's fighting a Japanese guy that's up and coming right now. Uh, but we're going Wednesday, so we're going earlier yeah. than normal. We'll be there for like ten days, and it's pretty. You're gonna love this. So. Uh, I got back to Milwaukee. Bilal came to the apartment on Monday morning. He's like, hey, I bought a, a Hafez. I was like, a what? He's like, you know, a Hafez. I was like, what the fuck is that? And he was like, you know, like, the clothes that we wear. So, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't want to, like, disrespect anyone. Like, you know, it looks like a like a dress. Of course. Like a, it's, it's like kind of a pajama thing. Like a, yeah, a, like, a long nightgown. Yeah, like what the men wear. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And he was like, yeah, we're going to put it on. We're going to go on the plane in it. No. But, like, so I'm going to be, like, on a on a line at, at O'Hare in Chicago wearing a, a Hafez in, with Bilal. So I told him, I was like, yo, I'm going to just put my Ray-Bans on. And just, like, just be, like, ser- like super serious. And they're going to be like, get the fuck off the line. <laughs> I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anyone that's listening to this. No, that's funny. It's all funny. Like, we're just, you know, we're just trying to. And I was talking to Bilal. I was like, is it is it disrespectful if I wear this? He's like, no, if anything, it's respect. You yeah, know? no. Like, I've been out there, there a bunch. All those, yeah, I've been out there in all those Middle Eastern countries. Dude, you're going to love Abu Dhabi. You're going to see it. It's, it's going to blow your mind. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm super excited. Hey, a couple things. A lot of UFC guys, like you just said, like you're not, a, you know, <clears throat> a boxer. You're not this. You do everything. A lot of the younger fighters come up now, and I mean young, like the teenage kids, they, they get good in each discipline. Is that a good yeah. thing or a bad thing for the sport? I think it's a good thing because it's just going to get more creative. Like, Okay. Instead of it just being like, oh, I'm, I'm primarily a boxer. Like, then you're just going to see boxing. Like, yeah. Or I'm a wrestler, and then you just see wrestling. So I think, you know, it adds to the dynamic of the sport and – you know, guys are good everywhere, so you're going to see a mix of everything. Like, when guys can submit you and wrestle you, knock you out, then you'll see, like, an array of different, uh, you know, finishes and fights that I think will just be more entertaining than they were back, you know, a couple of years ago or something. All right, a couple of random questions, all right? Let's go. Coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back? Oh, my God, dude. Coolest person on my phone that if I text them, they text me right back. Oh, all right. This is a, co- a good one. CM Punk, Phil Brooks. Oh, that's a solid, solid one. Yeah, and he's like, he answers right away. He's not like, like, who the fuck is this texting me? Like, really? Punk? Yeah, and he's super <clears throat> down to earth. I was with him today in the gym. He's so down to earth, man. And, um, you know. I have a lot of other cool people on my phone, but he is, like, so down-to-earth. He's so, like, everything that he stands for, like, it's like he's serious. That's who, 
Like what you see of him is is who he really is. That's good to hear. That's a good answer, by the way, too. Have yeah. you ever kept any memorabilia from your fights? Yeah, I mean, we keep a lot of our stuff. Like uh, they give us a poster. They give you know, you go home with the gloves that you fought in. Oh, that's all. That's cool shit. Okay. Uh, you know, all your walkout gear, your shorts. So we we come home with a lot of shit. <laughs> UFC guys, same as boxers. It's like. It's not a team sport. I know you have a team around you. You have managers. But you're in that cage. You're in that ring. You're fighting like an animal. And you never want to seem like you're not the alpha male in the room. Any fighters that you ever got, like, giddy about meeting or in awe of or you want to take a picture with? No. None. I've never asked a fighter to take a picture with me. And, okay, did you ever and want it's not, to? It's not because, like, I didn't – like, when I – even when I was younger, like, I would see, like, Frank Yeager in the room or George St. Pierre. Like, I never asked him to take a picture. Uh, one, because, like, they're just regular humans. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not a dick rider. So, and, like, I also want to, you know, be, like, better than you one day. So, I don't want to put you on a pedestal and then act like I'm below you. Uh, but, no, I never, I never asked fighters for pictures, ever. Never once. If you were a betting man and you have to bet on that fight in Abu Dhabi, does Khabib, does Khabib win? Yeah, on paper, Khabib wins 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's pretty much of a lock? I mean, I like if you look at it on paper and, and like if someone was holding a gun to your head and they were like, you have to bet on Dustin or Khabib, I'd have to pick Khabib because, one, I don't want to die, and two, like, you know. <laughs> I don't want to lose all my money, so I would have to pick Khabib. Uh, but I, I think I think there's a possibility in any fight for someone to win, so I'm not counting Dustin out. That's for my sure. Friend, listen to me. This was an absolute blast. Have fun in Abu Dhabi. Take some good pictures. I want to take. I want a good airport picture before you get thrown oh, off the plane. We're gonna have some good pictures, dude. Dude, I can't. I'm excited that you're. I'm excited to go because that you're going because now I get a little firsthand experience Man, about this. We're also like uh, Paul and Bilal. You know, they're doing open workouts, so they were, like, they want to do, like, something funny for open workouts. So, I don't know what they're planning, but we'll see what happens. You can be recording it, right? Oh, of course. I'm going to record the whole fucking trip. Hey, have, are you a big travel, though, or no? Yeah, I've been around, man. I've been to I've been to Europe. I've been to all over South America. I've been all over, not all over Europe, but I've been to, like, four or five different countries in Europe. Uh, so, I, you know, I've, I've seen a little bit of the world. Right, some people are like, yeah, man, I'm flying. You, the flight's not going to bother you, that 15-hour yeah. flight. Flesh. I mean, that's a fucking long time, but uh, I think my longest flight was like 11 hours. I'm used to flying. Flesh, listen, first of all, congratulations on the, the win. Congratulations on the engagement. Man-to-man, uh, -man, I told you my brother deals with this shit, so you're an inspiration. That's how I first linked up with you. I saw you. I'm like, dude, and you, you're so open, and your openness, dude, it's such a outlet and such a help for so many people, man, so I appreciate that. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. This is Jared Gordon, and you're listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. Have fun in Abu Dhabi, my brother. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. See you later, Jared. Thank you for your time. Hit me up. Hit me I will up. always, brother. Always. See you later. Bye. -bye.